Konnichiwa. And hey y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. And today we're talking about ring names. Right. Also known as Shikona. Yeah. Shikona. My Shikona. Name that song from the 80s. <laughs> I think we might have just dated ourselves. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but we do that every week. We do. That's fine. Let's jump in. Okay. News flash. All right. The relay is still going strong. It's awkward, <laughs> but it's still enjoyable. The social media relay. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. This Me week too. we heard from Shodai and Abi and Shahozan, who did not dazzle. But you know who did dazzle? <laughs> I love seeing Nishikigi and his little his daughter. Little baby. His little six month old daughter that was so cute. And Kotoshogiku and his son doing the little Shikos. And he was the sword bearer. Did you see that one? Oh, yes, I did see that. I forgot all about that that but yes that it was, was adorable. so cute koto echo telling us he plays piano and and ikioi doing his golf putting practice i know indoors. i was hoping he was gonna sing i was too and you know what's so funny is i was reading all the comments and they've been translated from japanese into english for my computer so i can understand them and so many people commented they're like ikioi he's just so elegant when he speaks and he's just so polished and i think that's the part i didn't necessarily know when i first started watching ikioi and kind of getting familiar with him as a wrestler yeah. and since he is such a great singer and such a performer I think he's gonna have a future after sumo and it's gonna be in a showbiz oh I hope so because he is so eloquent when he speaks he has a good voice if you like listen to him next to the other guys who are just like he has a little possess. That's nice. It seems also that a lot of our friends who are also missing sumo, some of the people who run other websites and fan forums and all kinds of stuff, they're doing some mock tournaments and paper tournaments. And <laughs> I think that that's cool. We're all doing whatever we can. That's so right. That's keep right. Keep up the good work. We really love that we're all just in this enthusiastic waiting for July to begin. I saw some really wonderful fan art on Facebook. People are drawing pictures of their favorite sumo wrestler and putting them out into the world like, hey, look at my charcoal drawing of Ikioi. It's great. It is great. I found something. It was a photojournalism like I contest. I don't know. Every July, it seems they do some sort of diary each day from each wrestler. And there was all kinds of like original artwork and individual thoughts coming from each wrestler leading up to the July tournament. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I found that. But that was from last year. So there were some self-portraits, which were terrible, but Ooh, like delight. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it was really really interesting reading but that was fun <laughs> also this week we got to see Takakesho Shiko and Abi Abi has just uh, again the most beautiful gorgeous gorgeous Shiko yeah, and Takakesho's like his is you just don't get an understanding of how strong his lower half is until you see him do the Shiko. And you know what I would love nuts. to see I would what? love to see those in slow-mo if they're out there I would love to find them that would be really, really cool. Wouldn't it? Also, Nikon Sports is having a most popular sumo wrestler competition right now. Are they? Yeah. And the best part is they have these smiley headshots of each wrestler. Like, you don't necessarily see them, like, smiling right. and, like, cheesing it up. But yeah. they all have smiling photos. And then they have captions below, which are also translated oh so terribly by the Google Japanese translator bot. Yeah. But I'm going to read you a couple of little captions options below okay because you do want to vote okay about takara fuji if it becomes four on the left it will not lose to the top 
He also won a rare village from his full body position. I once told Kaisei to say, four monsters on the left. Whatever that means. I love it. Also, about Rudin, you can vote for him. Born in Yamanashi Prefecture, it is said that Furin Volcano was written on the military flag of Shingen Takeda, the Sengoku Daimyo of Kai. It embodies a hay fever and wind-like. Oh, what well, does I that embody mean? a hay fever and wind-like oh. sometimes too, especially in allergy season. Yeah, I totally. That would be my Shikona hay fever. <laughs> Hay fever of Dallas. It's Dallas weird. hay fever. Yeah. Humble in other fever. news, there's a young wrestler who has a new Shikona, which is a ring name. Yes, and this inspired the entire episode yes, today. Yes, it did. Who I haven't had the opportunity of actually seeing much of Nor this guy I. yet. Yeah. But he got a new name. I think he was a Sonishiki of the Sakaigo. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I can't. I just cannot say this stable. Sakai Gaiwa stable. Jeez. You did great. Thank you. Who is the first to use his own name as his Shikona? And then henceforth, he will be known as Asonoyama. Not to be confused with Asonoyama. It's Asonoyama. He's just totally different. This guy's really good. I'm going to pick his name, but change one letter. (laughs) Asonoyama, just to keep us all on edge and all confused. Right. But that's like in English. I imagine like when you read it, it maybe looks a lot different. But yeah. anyway, phonetically, it's just one tiny little <laughs> vowel off. There is a big difference between Tim and Tam. That is very true. Yes. Very true. And part of the name is derived probably from Mount Aso, A-S-O, mm-hmm. which is in the area of his home. So and it's an active volcano. Really? Yes. Wow. But no other explanation was given. Nope, none. And that's what we're going to talk about that's today. That's exactly what brings us to our history section. That's right. Shall we begin? Yes, please. What's in a name? Maybe a lot. Maybe not. Maybe a strong name. Maybe one you aren't even aware has changed lately. Uh, Maybe one that is bad luck, so you change it again. Maybe it's actually a real name. Well, in sumo, a shikona, a ring name, is a big deal. It can represent something like where you're from or imagery that represents your fighting style. Every wrestler has a ring name. A shikona consists of a surname and a personal or given name, and the full name is written surname first. However, the personal name is rarely used outside formal or ceremonial occasions. That's right. It's usually just one name. Hakaho, Kakaru, mm-hmm. um, Kotoshogiku is my favorite name to actually say. But behind the scenes, the wrestlers may not even use their ring names. Sometimes the ring names are just a name of another wrestler from years ago, like Abe. Or they have their own names like Takayasu, my favorite. That's right. And, you know, the same thing goes with Gyoji names. I think we mentioned this earlier in our Gyoji episode or where we talked about Gyojis. Mm -hmm. They assume ring names once they are established and promoted. With Gyojis, though, they only get the choice of two names to pick from. In modern times, all Gyoji will take either the family name Kimura or Shikimori as their professional name, depending on the tradition of the stable that they join. There are exceptions to this naming rule, but not very many. 
So judges can be two names yeah. and only two names. Yeah. But there's so many judges. How do they keep them apart? Okay, How well, do I'm going to okay. I'm gonna kind of explain it. Okay, great. Because okay. in my mind, I'm like, okay, if everyone is a John or a Mark. Then how do then, you tell them all right, apart? Yeah, so John, John one, Mark. John two, it's John three. It's kind of like Team John or Team Mark. That's okay. kind of I, I like to think of it. Okay. So how did and this come honestly, to be? Honestly, you guys, listeners, we're doing this so that we can understand it, too. Because yeah. the idea, confusing. Yeah, the idea of ring names, it's usually not done in America. I mean, yes, we have some wrestlers that, you know, got some ring names, especially, you know, big wrestlers in the 80s in America. But for the most part, this is part of the world that we don't understand right. that well about right. sumo. And so this right. is us dipping our toes in and trying to understand it. That's right. So I'm going to keep filtering it down to its lowest denominator so that I can get it. <laughs> Hence right. the, okay, if everyone's named John and everyone's named Mark, how do you tell them apart? I know. And you know, this isn't the first time we've talked about this. This yeah. is why it's continues to be confusing. I know. So yes. we're digging deep. Yeah. Okay. So in the old days, olden days, the times. Let me guess. In of, the Edo period. Actually, the 1600s up to the end of the Edo period. Oh, okay. So the Gyojis would hobnob with influential noble families associated yes. with sumo. And by being associated with those sumo names of those families, they would take their name on professionally. Okay. But over time, the other influential family names kind of subsided and there were just a few left over. But now there's only really two. It's the Kimura and the Shikimori. Wait, wait, wait. So to make sure I understand. So let's say you're a judge in the olden days and you really like the Smiths. Well, remember that there were the noble families and they were the ones who issued Yokozuna licenses, right. right? So there was a number of like the Yamadas. There's like a number of noble families and each okay. of them would have a Gyoji associated with them. Therefore, they would assume their name. Assume the name of the family. Right, as their professional referee I'm name. I'm the Smith. Right. Okay. I'm the referee for the Yamadas. Smiths. Okay, okay. got okay. it. And so the other names then became disassociated with Sumo. They, although they were probably noble families still, they just were like, I don't know, I'm not going to do Sumo anymore. But the two ones that held on were the ones that we have today. That okay. They kind of trickled down through time. Okay. What's interesting is for Gyojis, as they get to be higher and higher and up, so you still keep your surname. You still keep like... Um, if you were a Kimura, you'd be Kimura Tamara, like Kimura, Kimura Stacy, Jason. Yeah, Kimura Jason. Okay. And then as you get up, 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 you would then take on a professional name that is one of the past. Like at the Tata Gyojis, yeah. the guys at the very top, yeah. they have, they're the only ones that have those unique old school Japanese names. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So everybody who's like a Gyoji in training has the either or camp. Okay. Right. But right. then they have like Laurie Until or Leslie after their name. And then as they go up, as they get to like the highest level, they would lose that. They name. lose that and, name and, and change names uh -huh. and to something with a lot of history behind it. Exactly. Okay. A traditional old school Japanese name that's been passed down right, for generations down. and yeah. generations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once it kind of comes up for grabs. So. That is the way kind of gyojis go. But this is also similar to kabuki. According to, yeah, kabuki theater, it happens in a lot I of different ways. I love it when sumo and theater combine. I do too. I love it. Well, this is from Wikipedia, okay. which is the truest of true sources. Well, you know, we are armchair experts here, so we have to rely on Wikipedia. Gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah. Actors form schools 
and they're associated with a particular theater. And each actor has a stage name, which is different from the name they were born with. These stage names, most often those of the actor's father, grandfather, or teacher, are passed down between generations of actors' lineages and hold great honor and importance. Many names are associated with certain roles or acting styles, and the new possessor of each name must live up to these expectations. Right. There is a feeling almost of the actor not only taking a name, but embodying the spirit, style, or skill of each actor that has previously held that name to honor it. And most actors will go through at least three names over the course of their career. Three? Three in that cookie? Just like we discussed in one of our earlier episodes, like Dana's School of Dance. Yeah. If you took over Dana's School of Dance, you Your now... name? Dana. <laughs> Your Dana. name becomes Dana. Dana. Yeah. yeah. Which is... So weird because like in American culture, we don't do this. Sons might take on the name of their father and add the second or the third, like right. to denote they aren't the first Thurston Howell, They would, which is a Gilligan's Island right. reference. Oh, I was totally with you. Thank I you. I used that reference earlier this week Another as well. way we date ourselves. Yeah. But it would be weird for us, for instance, like if I became a huge tennis star, that I would just change my name to Billie Jean King or Martina Navratilova yeah, and it compete would, under her name. It would be very weird in America. It would be weird. Or it's like some actor w- like became famous and he's like, no, I'm Marlon Brando. Right. <laughs> I am. It would just be really weird in America, but it's beautiful in Japan. Yeah, I love that they have this tradition linked with these names that mm-hmm. are revered and respected and to be given one of those names or live up to that name. Wow. I know. It would be a lot of pressure, wouldn't Whoa. it? Whoa. Yeah. Well, what if someone was like, you are now Marlon Brando? Uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Have, Have fun. fun acting. <laughs> so anyway, why? Why does all this happen? Okay. In the Edo period, which again, everything happened in the Edo <laughs> period. Did. It must there have been was a just very hot time. A lot of moving and shaking. Ring names or Shikona were established for wrestlers. And now it was a way to advertise the wrestlers without giving away their real identities and names. And I kind of think of this as a marketing ploy. It's it's like, um, maybe I'm totally wrong, but it's like, everyone go see the mighty wrestler Abe. And to be honest, there were many Abe's over the years. So if that wrestler Abe started to stink, you could like get another better wrestler to come in and play the role of Abe. And your audiences that you're oh, trying to get to come like, in, you're like, I love Abe. Well, there wasn't a ton of photography back in right. those days. Oh, I've totally heard of like, Abe. You and you're like, you mean the first or the second? Uh, right. Yeah. But like, they don't know. Actually, in the 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there were 11 Abe's. Really? Wrestlers. And they were like back to back. And see, I don't... Yeah. Sometimes I mean, I get cut, this, but it seems like it would be so confusing. It would be, but a lot of times but they're associated with certain stables. Yes. I don't I don't know. but it, um, Yeah, and, and we're going to talk more about the uh, people that are wrestling now and their names. Right. But learning the history of it, I think it's so fascinating that just in like a short period of time, in 10 or 20 years, that there would be that many people with the same name and people could... People could follow them. People could tell them apart. Well, I mean, yeah, I of course they could. They're just like, oh, we got a different we looking got a, Abe. We got a new Abe. I, I still <laughs> am an Abe fan. Yeah. So I don't know if my theory holds true, but I have a feeling that, yeah, if you got this star wrestler and then they start not playing well, then you substitute and you just call them the same I, name. Yeah. I mean, I guess they live up to the legend of Abe. Okay. Here I am putting it in American terms again. But it's okay. If I were watching American wrestling, mm. you know? It's not as exciting for the audience to be like, oh, Dwayne, we love Dwayne. Much more exciting to be like, we love The Rock. Oh, absolutely. We love The Rock. And let's say The Rock starts losing. 
a lot. Or The Rock wants to go to Hollywood and like do a whole bunch of Hollywood films, right? The Rock wants to do that. This is just a true story. It's, it's, I just made this up (laughs) off the top of my head. Yeah, so then somebody else could come up in the wrestling world and say, I'm The Rock now. I am The Rock. Right, the legend of The Rock. Yeah, he would have to fulfill the legend of The Rock. But they usually only only do that when like The Rock is like, hey, I'm going to retire. I'm really going to retire and I'm (laughs) not going to be out there. They're a little more respectful about it. Okay. So how does one pick a name? Well, Rikishi traditionally go with nature-based themes or use Shikona that have geographical or historical significance. And stable masters like normally have the final say on what the name would be, but they often kind of listen to input from the wrestler. They're like, I don't really like that name mm-hmm. or I right. like that name but it's ultimately they get and sometimes to... they're just assigned names. oh yeah the statement master just says your name henceforth is yeah this and they have yeah. to go okay I guess I gotta live up to that and yeah some wrestlers have a certain name that's associated with a stable like Chios and the Kazes they're all associated with certain stables that all the wrestlers have Chio or Kaze in their name and a foreign... Tochi is another one yeah Tochi is one like and Tochi all... Notion mm-hmm. Tochi Osan, they are all, they're fighting out of the same stable. Yeah. Yeah. And foreign wrestlers will take on a Shikona immediately, like since their origin names aren't really an option, you know. You can't have a Chad out there. You can't have Chad Rowan. Right. He it's, became it Akibono. Be, oh, Akibono. The Kotos come from the same stable as well. Kotonowaka, Kotoshogiku. Yeah, uh, Koto, Koto, Shoho, well, Koto, Koto Echo. Bulgarian Kotoshu, his Shikona literally means Koto Europe. Right. He's of yeah, the yeah. stable and is and means Europe. It's I don't know. It's just like a mashup of Baya stable origin and imagery and just a borrowing of a name of a wrestler from years past that the wrestler may have a, a connection to. Like for mm-hmm. instance, if there was like a famous wrestler from a hundred years ago from his hometown, he might take inspiration from that wrestler and put mm-hmm. his wrestler like part of that guy's name in his name. Yeah, exactly. I like though when I think of Shikona, I don't ever want to hear Hakaho. I I want to know. Like what his Shikona is. I want to hear in my brain when I see him enter the doyo, here comes the white phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that more exciting when you kind of do the translation of what it is it instead is. of just being like, oh, it's just a name. It's not a name. It means a lot more than that. Yeah. So as I as I rambled through that, I don't know how well I did on rambling through that. but No, I think you did great. It leads perfectly to what I looked into as well. You talked a lot about why... You know, what's in a name? What I think is really fascinating, too, is why a name change. Like, why? Mm -hmm. You talked about when a foreign person comes in, they're automatically given one. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people are given a name change because they're given a promotion. Right. Like, uh, they go to Ozeki. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll be given a new name then. Sometimes it's to change their fortune. Yeah, they have like a bad energy, like they'll be on a losing streak and they're like, you know what? I think it's my name that's the problem. Yeah, I think we need to change my name. (laughs) I need to reinvent myself. That's exactly what it is. It's a reinvention. Yeah. So you get a new name. You're like, Marlon Brando isn't working. I am now Paul Newman. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. I am now Paul Newman. And if that doesn't work, I'll try somebody else. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we talked about how uh, ring names tend to point to nature, animals, 
They give a nod to a particular geographical area or historical figure. They show what stable they're a member of or what qualities their coach wants them to embody. We've talked about a lot already, and we've already covered quite a few names out there. Let me just throw out a few more. And first, I want to say... Again, Chris Sumo on YouTube, he's done a wonderful job of putting together videos that tell you what everybody's name means. You can go online and find out a lot more about each particular name. And that's something really exciting about picking a wrestler mm-hmm. to follow. Right. Because there's a lot more to learn about each one, where his name comes from, who it refers to, things like that. But I listened to a few just to give you an idea of kind of the people that are out there now. Uh, You talked about Hakuho, White Phoenix, Kakuru. Kaku is crane. Crane The world's largest flying bird. And his stable master's father had part of that kanji in his name as well, and it means longevity. Oh. So Kaku, big bird, uh, lives a long time. Those are all really wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the doyo. What was the description? Lives longevity. Longevity, crane, crocodile type dragon. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I want to hear. Ryu is. Ryu is a dragon. That's what it means. I've read a couple things about the RYU. One is that it's used in a lot of Mongolian wrestlers' names. Uh-huh. But then the more I looked into people that were out there with the RIU in them, not all of them are from Mongolia. There's right. Quite a few. Rudin, who uh, we were so. You guys, we thought, we we so thought Rudin thought was Mongolian He's for so the not. longest time. He's, He's so not. not. He's Japanese. And Miyogidu also has the RYU in his name. He's not from Mongolia either. Right. So so, you know, it, it it doesn't always mean that someone's Mongolian if you see the RYU. But I, I think it's interesting to go to look at Kakaru's name and go world's largest crane, stable master's father, and this type of dragon that's really more of a crocodile type dragon in Kakaru's Mongolian so, heritage. Well, his stable master chose a different kanji for dragon oh. in the RYU. So... A lot of this also has to do with the symbolism of the kanji itself. Like, there's so much to learn about kanji yeah. in and of itself. But it seems to me that there can be several symbols for the same RYU. Mm-hmm. And depending on the symbol that is picked, it has a certain heritage mm-hmm. or a lineage mm-hmm. that is being referred to. So there's a lot to unpack there. Right. So I'm just I'm just doing like surface level. Yeah, we're unpacking. scratching the surface. Yes. Definitely. If you ever hear Umi in a name, it refers to the ocean. And oh. that's one that you hear a lot. Mitake Umi. Umi. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh that's ocean. Uh Mitake Mm-hmm. means mountain and it's a mountain it's it doesn't mean mountain itself it's a certain mountain from his home town pre- yeah hometown yeah. right so he's like mountain and ocean together mitakeumi yama right right we know wrestlers have the word yama in their name that means mountain okay yeah so asano yama asa comes from the stable where okay. he trains a lot yama is mountain. He's the mountain of the stable. Yeah, it, it is, but it, there's also more to it because Yama, there was a person named Toyama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was this 22nd Yokozuna who was born in the same place as him. So Yama also refers to Toyama. Okay. Yeah, so it refers to where he was born as well as the Yokozuna, as well as his high school wrestling coach who passed away. So wow. they say his name means Morning Mountain. 
So somehow Morning and Mountain are all within the Yama part. Interesting. Yeah, kind of interesting. It's not simple. You know, there's a lot of meaning behind each and every part of it, which is beautiful. And maybe that's what makes it unique. Kaze means Mm -hmm. wind. Wind. Right? If you hear... I just broke some kaze. Yeah, just broke some kaze. It's <laughs> my new. You you hear who broke Fuji? Ka- who bro- <laughs> broke some kaze? Somebody broke some kaze in here. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna yeah. Hold on. Tonight, I might have I really to use that. that. Ooh, I know. Somebody, somebody broke, broke some, some kaze. kaze in here. Huh. If you ever hear Fuji, it usually refers Mount Fuji. Yep. Fujisan. Fuji. Yep. Kiku. This is an interesting one. It shows up in many names, and it means chrysanthemum. Oh, well, that's lovely. I know, isn't it? Here's an example. Kotoshogiku, koto, actually refers to a Japanese lyre, you know, the stringed yeah. instrument. Sho, in this case, means to cheer up or to bring cheer to the masses. And kiku refers to chrysanthemum or a flower from an emperor's crest. Oh. So his name altogether signifies the hope that his stable master had for him that he would demand respect for and cheer up people through sumo. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, and that's a lot to live up to. That would inspire a wrestler to be like, this is my name. I now have to live up to it. Yeah, I not only have to command respect, but I have to cheer people as well. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, Let's see, what's another good one? Oh, I thought Kaize's name was really interesting. Kai means leader or pioneer. Say means holy. So people in his stable usually have the name Kai somewhere. Usually Kai plus something else in their name. But in his case, the Say was chosen because his native country is Brazil. Right. It's mostly Catholic. And Sai is part of a word for Holy Bible. Hmm. Kai Say. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. I like it too. There's just so many good ones. Miyogidu. Mio means skillful, gi means just or honorable, and ryu is dragon. So hmm. the stable master said, I want this to stand for one who uses many different techniques and is just and honorable in his ferocious sumo. Wow. <laughs> I like his Isn't name that wonderful? too. His name is fun to say. Mio it is. Tamawashi. Uh, Tama mm-hmm. is his stable founder's name. It also mm-hmm. means jewel. Washi means eagle. And eagle is a big deal in Mongolia. Probably. I d- actually didn't look into that, but I imagine... Aren't they like falcon... Fal- yeah, big hunters. Into bird hunting and falconry and that kind of stuff? Yes. And eagles? Yes. Yeah. So I would assume that would... That's, yeah, that's see, why... that's something more to look up. I love it. Okay, here's another one. Sadano Umi. Sad clown. That's what it means. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm going to put a, a new bit of trivia in your brain. Okay. Okay. Sadano Umi. He has the same ring name as his father. Sada, which means left field. Well, does that mean left side strength or less? I don't know. So Sada, left field, Umi, mm-hmm. we already said before, means? Um... Ocean, ocean, whoosh. Ooh, that umi yeah. feels so warm umi, today. doesn't it? That better not break kaze in the umi. So Sadano Umi has something to do with left field, something to do with ocean. Random bit of trivia. Sadano Umi's father's stable master was former Yokozuna Sadano Yama and was featured in a James Bond film with Sean Connery, You Only Live Twice, in which he met Sean Connery. And Sean Connery said, ah, oh, Shadanoyama. 
I'm sure you did not say that. But you can you can look up this movie. I'm very and impressed by your, it. by your impression of Are that's you? pretty good. Shadanoyama. <laughs> I just love knowing that there James is Bond. a direct chord from James Bond to Sadanoumi. Yeah, I didn't know his dad was a wrestler. I didn't either. Well, that's pretty cool. But see, and and someone in Japan would probably know that who's been watching sumo for a while because they would go, oh, yeah, that's a famous name. Yeah. I mean, that Japanese listeners father. aren't listening to us. If they are. No, I... but it's important for Americans to know. It, yeah. I mean, you can still find footage of Sadanomi's dad doing sumo and they look so similar. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. Chip off the old block. Yeah. So it's cool that he got some of his father's name and he's still wrestling with his father's energy with him in the ring every well, that's time That's kind of like in. Kabuki. I know. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I will say, we briefly mentioned this earlier, but there are some wrestlers that are using their given names. Takayasu yes, my is one. favorite wrestler. Shodai is another one. Hmm. That's his given name. Endo is Which are their one. last names. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, Takayasu's yeah. Akita Takayasu. Yeah. And, and Endo. And what's interesting about Endo's name is after going pro, he planned to get a ring name, but he reached such high standards of fandom with his name already that he thought to change his name would not be the best choice of action. So he had such a big fan base for his original name. Why change it? Him and those other guys, each one of them has mentioned that they really enjoy Wagima. I hope I'm saying his name right. Endo also says his sumo hero is Wagima, the only Yokozuna to wrestle under his given name. I don't think he's the only sumo wrestler to love the idea of someone wrestling under their given name. And so some of them really want to follow that path. And to each his own. That's right. Like I said, they have a lot of say in how they want to be represented and how they're inspired by their name. And if it's their own name, more power to them. That's right. So in conclusion, in America, our ring names are meant to flaunt. They're meant to say how strong we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the prosumo world, those ring names are often connected to stables where they train, their influences, family history, where they come from, and nature. It can be a real source of fascination and education for an interested sumo fan. So look up a wrestler's name, see what it means. You just might find yourself knowing about a Yokozuna doing a 007 film with Sean Connery or find 200 years of rich sumo history being acknowledged. Right in front of your face. That's right. And I would also, if you're listening, I will take, we should have a contest taking some suggestions for our own Shakona. Like Ooh, I could be yeah. bra- breaking wind of Dallas. <laughs> I could be Blue Eyes. Okay, because Aoyama's name is uh, Blue Eyed Mountain. He was one of those that had a choice. His stable master was mm-hmm. like, do you want to be Blue Eyed Ocean or Blue Eyed Mountain? And he said, I'll take Blue Eyed Mountain, please. Oh, I would have gone Blue Ocean. Well, do you really want to be the big blue-eyed ocean up there in the sumo world? Me? Yeah, personally, yeah. But, hey, I like Blue Mountain, too. I like Blue Mountain. It's it's pretty. Mm-hmm. You, I could be the blue-eyed breaking of wind. Yes. Ayokaze. And I could be lazy, Ayokaze. brown-eyed windbreaker. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> That's saying that we both toot a lot, which we actually don't. We don't. We really don't. All right. So um, it almost wraps it up. But before we officially wrap up, I just want to throw some really weird sumo facts at you. I don't know why I found these things interesting, but I just did. And maybe you'll find them interesting. 
Takano show has a nickname. Did you read about this? Do you know what his nickname no, is? No, I don't. It's Rice Ball. Rice Ball. <laughs> oh, I did read that. I did yeah, read so that. I totally forgot about it. Behind the scenes. People are like, hey, Rice Ball. Hey, what's up, Rice Ball? There's a couple of them who have like really funny nicknames, which I love. And I found out also Daye Show, you'll love this. In junior high school, he was, you know, into sumo, but he also was in like the Vegetable Garden Club. He was like in the Junior Farmer Club or oh whatever. Oh my God, I love it. Like the FHA of Japan. Yeah, so he loves growing vegetables and fruits and things like that. Well, no wonder he had the A, the E-I in his name, Daye Show, refers to his high school, where he is from. So maybe he had so much fun in the Farmer's Club that he was like, that needs to be a part, part of, of my name. That's right. Part of the I legend. I am the great farmer student soaring. And Kuda Rice Ball <laughs> and Daye Show, our little farmer. Anyway, that Did is... Did you read the story about Abby's name? No. It was the most confusing one well, to he read is the a origin confusing story. Character. Okay. Well, confusing because he likes mystery. He's and a wild man. He, well, his name literally means flame in the shadow or flame in the corner. Oh, that makes perfect Bobby. sense to me. Yeah. You won't tell us anything about Well, he's fiery. he's fiery. He's fiery. In the corner, in the shadow. Yeah. Flame in the shadow. I like that. I think that. he's a troublemaker in the corner. But, I think that's really what he is. But. but his name also, and this was hard for me to follow, but it's something about a corruption of the English name Baby. Like he couldn't say the word Baby when he was little, and he kept saying it Bibi. And his family referred to him as Abi because he couldn't say Baby. Oh. He kept saying Bibi. Interesting. Yeah. So Abi is one, is a name that was given to him by his family. It's a nickname. Yeah, it's like a nickname from his family. Oh. But it's then grown to mean a whole lot more. Flame in the shadow. Flame in the shadow. Yeah. Abby. Uh, Abby. Well, I like it. I do too. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been Sumo Kaboom. Sumo Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. Send in your questions. If we cannot answer them, we'll find somebody else who can. So until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later. <laughs>